Hello and welcome to Euro 2020 Happy Hour Last Orders and we're live as Martin Tyler puts it. Fucking Bella. With myself, Sham, otherwise known as FPL Two Guys One Cup on Twitter. And myself, Rob, otherwise known as FPL Panda. Uh, Rob, I had to get it in there. It's my first live stream. Um, right. It's our first live stream for the Euros. Uh, we've done 24 preview podcasts. Uh, you thought you got rid of us. But no, we decided to come back every two to three days and do a live stream show. Um, and now it's our next journey for the Euros. Uh, Rob, how are you feeling? We've got a long four weeks ahead of us. Yes, we've got a long four weeks ahead of us. But um, I'm really excited because in 24 hours time, um, we'll know whether picking Insignia, Chiesa, Berardi, who else are there in the Italian team that everyone's been talking about for the last three weeks? Spinazzola, um, Donnarumma. Um, yeah, there's all of the talks going to be over and um, we'll see who starts and who the best pick was um, in yeah. Yeah, around 24 hours time. That's it. Right. Uh, before we go through the schedule and before we carry on talking, I've got two very special guests to introduce. Uh, they are from All About FPL and it is Surya and Srini. Surya and Srini, welcome to the show. Uh, hey, Shamil. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. And it's great to be the first uh, guest in the live stream version of FPL Happier. And we are quite uh, excited to be here. We've been, we've been together. Uh, we went on to lot of other uh, streams and uh, uh, podcasts before as guests but then you guys have been doing a great job in terms of uh, uh, running this podcast and uh, doing an extensive research on all themes uh, with one podcast each for every representing nation is is quite the task and you guys have managed to pull it off in in, an, uh, in a very good manner so that's what intrigued us and just wanted to be part of uh, the first live stream of FPL Happier so I nice. think it's the same yeah Thank you, Surya. Srini, how are you? Yeah, hi, Sh- hi, Shamal. I'm doing great. Yeah, it has been a pleasure to be part of the Happy Hour podcast. You guys have been doing a tremendous job. And yeah, it's it's been a looking forward to the Euros. And it has been a few, two weeks without FPL has been a little different for a little. Uh, when we were playing the FPL season, it was like overwhelming this season. But uh, over the course, like uh, we are missing a fill and glad that Euros are back from tomorrow and we have Euro Fantasy to look forward to. That's it, exactly that. Right, before we go into the Euros, um, why don't you tell the listeners and the viewers um, a little bit about what it is that you guys do? Uh, you've got a big Twitter following, you've got your own website. So talk to us a little bit about what you do and if people want to go and look for you after the show, uh, where they can find you and how you started, etc. Yeah, so uh, to give the listeners a bit of a brief of All Over FPL, it is that uh, All Over FPL is a website and a Twitter handle. So we uh, collate a lot of uh, articles together. It's not just the two of us, so there are around uh, 50 writers. So, uh, 
write blogs for us uh, we uh, vary amongst ourselves to to put out the best content on uh, fpl and euro fantasy for the same and uh, we take pride in ourselves that uh, we do not charge money for the content that we put out so everything that's out there on all over fpl.com that you read before or you might check out in the coming days is completely free so uh, we thrive ourselves as for the community by the community uh, that's the goal that uh, we want to uh, help all the fpl managers and uh, we want to promote all over fpl as a brand as well so uh, that's a quite of a brief about us so if you want to know further you can check out our twitter handle it's at all over fpl or our website it's all over fpl.com yeah right thank you very much that's quite comprehensive and I'm sure <laughs> everyone will be going there. Right, yeah. before we go into uh, the detail match day one, um, everyone that is watching the stream, we would really appreciate if you could like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. So hit that like and subscribe and the notification and all those jazzy things. Um, <laughs> Someone's and, excited. And can we just, can we just <laughs> take a moment to appreciate these rolling graphics that Rob put together? Like, I think they're so sexy. Like, go, he's not even pressing anything on his on his screen to <laughs> move it no but during I, and i know it doesn't really mean anything right now because i guess the euros hasn't started but during the euros and when we're doing the live streams every two to three days um the these stream these are going to keep on getting updated so you're going to see uh, who's the group stages you're going to see uh, who's got the most assists who's got the most points who's got the most goals etc and it's going to keep running through so that's kind of the plan throughout the live streams so he's made this all pretty sexy and i i, I uh, think it's great <laughs> <laughs> what do you think rob yeah well i'd I've, I've got a, bi- I've got a biased it, view, yes. Um, yeah. yeah, I think uh, the first time we noticed you guys on Twitter, the first thing I told Shreni was like, uh, uh, yeah, they, they seem to be a very nice part and the graphics looks really great. That's the first thing I told him. Uh, yeah, so that, that's a pretty great job that you guys, that uh, Rob has put together, I think. I, uh, I think, yeah, as the tournament progresses, that's going to be a really uh, great thing to watch. It's very pleasing to the eye and it's eye attractive too, yeah. That's yeah. it. Um, Let me just quickly run through the schedule um, with you guys uh, for today. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about match day one. We're going to look at um, just the fixtures group by group just for the first match day. Um, What we think, who the standout players are. Um, then we're then going to talk about chip strategy and um, there's three main chip strategies we're going to go through each of them pros and the cons uh, we're then going to talk through our locked teams um, all four of ours uh, where we're thinking with it what our strategy is and then we're going to do a Q&A afterwards so um, what I would say to you guys is try to hold off questions till the Q&A bit at the end because um, then we'll definitely be able to go through all your questions um if you ask them during the show we may not get to it so please try and hold off till the end uh at the end of the at the end after we've gone through the lock teams depending on the time we'll kind of uh, wrap up the uh as a pod wrap up the stream as a podcast because we'll get this podcast out and then we'll kind of send it out as a Q&A separately. So stay on, even though we'll say bye to you guys, we still will be here. Um, so yeah, just so you guys know. Right. Something going wrong with one of the... Oh, we there should... we go, we've got it back. Right, yeah, he's back. first season <laughs> problems, he's back. Season problems. Right, okay, Let, let's look at match day one then. Um, and the first group, so the first games that are tomorrow. So we've got Italy and Turkey tomorrow. Trini, 
Surya, what, what's your thoughts on this game? How do you think it's going to go and what players are we looking at for this? Yeah, I think there has been a great debate in the FPL community on whom to get from Italy because uh, there's been a lot of people sliding with the double Italy defence or uh, going with single Italy defender and then doubling up on Chiesa, Bellari, Insigne. There's Emo as well. There's a lot of value options and uh, Italy seems to have improved uh, uh, from where they were four years back, where they were in 2016, and now uh, they are in a, they are in a very impressive uh, run of form. A uh, lot of players clicking together. I think the defense is experienced, and the attack is also very resilient in terms of uh, playing clicking together as a unit, which is very very crucial uh, when you uh, when you go into a big tournament like uh, a Euro or a World Cup. Uh, but then a lot of people who I've seen is that they talk less about Turkey as a team together. Turkey are no longer a single-man team. They're no, long, uh, no longer an Arda Turan team. They, they've, they've got a lot of stars in them, a lot of, lot of potential in them. Uh, and in fact, a lot of them play in the Premier League as well. You, you see Sengi Zander, you see Soyansu, you see uh, Kabak. I think he's gone back to Schalke now. But they, yeah, he played, for, uh, he played for the champions. I think uh, it's a pretty exciting picture because it's hard to predict. Uh, Italy are in a serious, seriously impressive run of form. Uh, but then I do still feel Turkey will, will got to give a good fight. So this 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 is a game that's one for fantasy managers to watch out because there is potential at both both ends of the both ends of the pitch and both ends of the team. So I think it should be a, a very exciting game to kick off the tournament. And uh, uh, there's this ever-ending debate of whether to go uh, Chiesa or Berardi, uh, considering they're <laughs> in the price range. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll uh, luckily it's not. Not FPL wherein we can't decide uh, uh, after the team news come out, so we can still change the team until the ball is kicked uh, uh, for the very first time this Euro. So there's there's a lot of chance that you can see the team and then decide. And as as our teams come out in the next stages, I am on a double up of Italy attackers. So yeah, so we'll see who I've got as well. Yeah, that's my thought. Nice, Srini. What's your thoughts on this? Uh, who who do you think is good to target here? Yeah, uh, Italy from a casual perspective, like uh, many casuals think that Italy are a defensive team, uh, solid at the back, and they are getting a very few goals. But they are not. Uh, once in their under last few years, they have been a great team. With they love to have the possession, hold the ball, and have a very good build-up play. So I think Italy attack is pretty much undermined from a casual point of view. Uh, people are going double up on defense. I think Insigne is uh, the best option at the moment. And Berardi is the budget pick if you want to go. Like Sudia told, the best thing is we get the lineup, so it'll be easy for us to choose. And uh, I don't think uh, double up at the moment is a, on defense is a great option. Uh, Spinozola and Bonucci, Ronorma are the three standard options on defense, but uh, double up, I don't think so. Uh, I'm still not sure. I, I am thinking of double up myself, but uh, Turkey have been pretty good in the attack, so I'm reconsidering at the moment. Okay, Rob, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm. I'm not really looking at um, Italian defenders. Um, I think when we chatted to uh, FPL Wombat, um, well, it was a couple of weeks ago now, um, and we talked Turkey, and um, I think yeah, his confidence of them as an attacking threat, um, and they, like uh, Suya just said, like they're not, they they're not like a team of great individuals. Like there's a couple of good individuals there, but they're a good team. Um, and I, I can't see like Italy turning up and 
winning three, four, five nil or something like that. I think it'll be yeah. these these sort of games. Um, it's the opener of a tournament of the tournament. Um, it's in Rome. There'll be a lot of emotion um, for for uh, the Italian fans. Um, I think it's like yeah, a one nil, a one one, a two one, something like that. And um, yeah, I, it just leads me away from Italian defenders. Um, and I mean, I haven't looked at getting a Turkish player for uh, match day one, um, and I'm probably just going to have uh, Insigne um, pending the the lineups um, as as my one Italian option because he did impress um, in the friendly last week, um, where he, I think it was a couple of goals and, a, and an assist that he got. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, and that, that impressed me enough to get him in, and because uh, originally I had a Mobile, and I was like, oh, I could go a little bit cheaper, get Insigne, um, and that's my of my obvious uh, captaincy pick for tomorrow because he's the only player that I'll have. I'm finding it really difficult to predict this one. Um, I remember, and I don't know if you remember, Rob, when we recorded with FPL Wombat, he spoke, uh, you know, when he was speaking about Turkey, he said um, he really thought Turkey was going to be Italy in the first um, game. Mm. And there he was, was very some, confident. Um, very confident. He was kind of, he said, um, every time that Turkey have played an opener against the home nation in a major tournament, they've always beaten them. Um oh, wow. So that kind of made me think. And, and then just the way that Turkey are playing, I just think, you know, Italy are playing really well at the moment. Turkey are playing. I, I genuinely think this could be like a two-all or three-all or something. You know, yeah. I think it's quite high scoring. And I'm finding I, it really I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't say a three-all. Come on, this is well, still... I, it it's still surprise me. It's still an Italian defence. It's not going to concede three Yeah, times. but look at <laughs> Netherlands and Turkey was 4-2. I suppose. A, I think... Yeah, I think Turkey can score goals. Um, a lot of their players, I think at least three of their players were part of the Lille side that um, won the, um, the the league in, in France. And they're coming in with good confidence and, and uh, good form. I, I, I'm struggling to kind of decide where to put my eggs in here like in terms of where do I where do I sit like I've got at the moment I've got um two Italian attackers I'm not sure whether or not to get a Turkish attacker as well I've got um I think it, you pronounce it Yaziki or Yaziki something like that uh, yeah, yeah 5.5 attacking midfielder I think he is really good value for 5.5 million um but yeah that's what my thoughts are on the Turkey Italy game um do you before we move on to the next fixture are we saying to avoid Italy defenders in general throughout the group or just specifically this game? Because I know a lot of people are looking at Spinozola and, um, you know, 5.5. Do you think he offers value there or do you think just kind of stay away from, from Italian defenders? Because I think Donnarumma is like over 20% owned as well. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a Donnarumma is around 27% so that's uh, a fair enough high, highly owned uh, player in terms of uh, uh, in terms of a goalkeeper, uh, but I would say uh, I would say I would avoid Italy defenders uh, just for the first game uh, because there is still good good scope of a clean sheet against Switzerland and Wales. Wales Wales still rely on a very old aging Gareth Bale uh, for the 
to score the bulk of the scoring. And uh, I am a United fan, and I know how Dan James plays. Uh, he sometimes turns off completely. Uh, so that's that's always there. So uh, and considering the fact it's the opener of the game, opener of a, a very big uh, major tournament, uh, the lack of clean sheet is less there. So I might stay away from an Italian defender. Uh, yeah. So but then uh, Switzerland and Wales seem to be a very great option for an Italian defender uh, for an Italian defender to be in your teams. Uh, yeah. That's my thoughts. Talking of Switzerland and Wales, let's move on to that fixture then. Um, any standout picks um, here where you think, or, or is this a complete avoid? Uh, I personally feel uh, Ricardo Rodriguez is a great pick, uh, not just for this game and for the group stages itself, for the first three game weeks. He's on uh, penalties. He recently missed the penalty, but he's on uh, most of the set pieces, penalties, and uh, what more can you expect from a defender uh, taking penalties and set pieces? Very great bonus for a defender, and uh, he recently scored a goal from outside the box in one of the friendlies. So, yeah, you get an added point for uh, getting a goal from outside the box. So, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez is the only uh, standard option for me at the moment. Okay, Surya. Ah, uh, yeah, I think uh, he's stolen a lot of what I had in mind. <laughs> yeah, but then uh, that's what I would repeat that. I actually watched that match against USA that was friendly and uh, uh, yeah, he's, he's an attacking fullback and they play three at the pack and he's quite up the pitch. Uh, so you could expect a lot of attacking returns from him and uh, he's still very, very low on. I think he's owned by just around uh, 2% of the managers when I sat down to write the differences block. Uh, so he's still a very great value pick an extra point for a defender uh, for a player scoring a goal outside the blocks. Uh, he's in the penalties. He's on set piece. He's on he's on free kick duty. Uh, so he's right there on everything. So that's the only player I could consider from Switzerland. Uh, and probably uh, Jadon Sakiri. Uh, he turns up in a lot of the major tournaments. But then uh, uh, at that price point, you have a lot of other very valuable players to choose from uh, to put your money on that uh, a, a very risky punt like uh, Shakiri. So I will stick with Shreya and say uh, Ricardo Rodriguez is the only option from Switzerland. Yeah. Okay. And Wales, Anyone from Wales? Yeah, and Wales is a complete uh, avoid. avoid. Yeah, I think uh, there's nostalgia behind Bale. Of course, he's performed really well in uh, European tournaments. He's, he's played well in Euro. Uh, and But then it's it's a reminder that he's not young. There's no Aaron Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey is not young. And the attack is still... Uh, in the in the hang and there's no gigs as well gigs was the manager for a very long time now he's not uh, uh the management has changed there's too much of an uncertainty in that wales team for you to uh target players so wales is completely an avoid for me uh before i pass over to rob because i know rob's got some thoughts on shakiri haven't you rob because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> well, you've got him in your side right Yes, I have got yes. right. shot down Shakiri. Talk myself. about Shakiri, right? Um, did you know? Because you were talking about Wales in their last. I listened to this on a podcast. A shout out to FPL in a nutshell uh, podcast. Very good podcast. Uh, two women talking about fantasy and kind of summarise each team, and I loved it. Um, so go follow them. Wales in the last nine competitive matches have kept seven clean sheets. Wow! Right. Or six clean sheets. It was six or seven. And I was like, wow. Like, I was really surprised. Um, you know, I don't know what teams they they faced. But, <laughs> um, I think as a stat, that was that kind of alarmed me, which I didn't know of. So, uh, yeah, that was interesting. Right, Rob, uh, talk to me about Shakiri. Why is he in your side? Um, 
I mean, it was it was kind of like a coin flip. I, I didn't want to go. I wanted a Swiss player, but I didn't want to go two. Um, so it was a coin flip between him and Rodriguez. And then watching um, this Swiss side, every time they go forwards, he is part of that movement. Um, every time um, the ball's played into the box, it's either him that's playing the ball into the box or he's there receiving it. Um, he shoots a lot. Um, like he'll he'll happily when we've seen it for Liverpool. He just um, in the Premier League. He, like if he if he gets a like half a glance at goal, he'll have a shot. Um, and he generally hits the target a lot of times. Um, yeah, and and he'll be on. I know we've mentioned Rodriguez on set pieces. I think those attacking short free kicks on the edge of the area. Um, Shakiri's one of the best in, and he's a greedy bastard. Yeah, he oh, will yeah. take them off Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rodriguez is not getting near a free kick that's twenty-five yards from goal, um, unless it's like round the side of the penalty area. Um, yeah, Shakiri's getting. He's going to have everything. Um, and if they were like three or four nil up against Wales and won a penalty, um, and Rodriguez already have had a goal and Shakiri didn't. You can bet your life on Shakiri taking the ball off him um, to score a penalty. Um, so yeah, I I just think he was great value um, as an asset to have for that fixture because I do think Switzerland will win and they should win comfortably. Okay, let's move on to Group B uh, and the first game of the day, which I believe is uh, Denmark versus Finland. Uh, a lot of people looking at this game. I've seen. Uh, you know, funnily enough, um, we did our Denmark uh, preview podcast, I think, was it about a week ago now, uh, Rob? Yeah. Um, where we did it about a week ago. And I didn't I didn't see many people with Denmark players in or maybe like one defender. And then ever since then, and I, I'm not saying that everyone's listened to the podcast, but ever since then, I've seen double Denmark defense, double Denmark defense <laughs> everywhere that I look. Um, and because as soon as we ended that podcast, we were like double Denmark defence. Hmm. Um, so, Trini, I'll go to you first. What's your thoughts on this uh, this game, Denmark v Finland? Is it going to be a one nil, two nil, or is it going to be a five nil? What's your thoughts? Because and just quickly, um, when we, I don't know if you did listen to the Finland um, podcast, but the, the the Finnish rep was extremely confident with Finland generally, and he even named. Uh, and this was the moment. This was the moment of all of the streams that we did. He even referred to Puki as the Finnish Mbappe. Right, oh that's God. what he called Pookie, <laughs> the Finnish Mbappe. Um, so so shout out to Nilo, the uh, Nilo, yeah. Kidio. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what's your thoughts on this game, Trini? Yeah, yeah. I, I personally feel this is the uh, fixture to target in the whole of the match day one. Like uh, Finland versus Denmark, and attacking the Denmark asset should be the best option for match day one itself. Like, like you told, double on defense is a good option, and Eriksen. Uh, should be on everyone's team is what I personally think. Like uh, Finland have been uh, kind of rusty in the last few games. In the last seven games, I think they've got just uh, one win from the last seven games, and that came against Bulgaria. So, and they had a loss against Estonia, who are uh, a very low ranked in the hundreds. So, I think Finland. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think uh, they are not so good at the back, and we can expect a three 0 or a two 0 win for the Denmark at the minimum so yeah so the thing to be added is Denmark 
most of the all the three home games are played at their home so that will be another added advantage to own the denmark assets okay so surya if we go in double denmark defense do we look at anyone in attack and who do we look at yeah so i am personally on a triple up uh, from denmark as in uh, see first things that uh, christian eriksen is so lonely owned i think uh, the whole of twitter talks about eriksen but then nobody else talks about him i guess because uh, the ownership says the story is owned by around just 4% of the managers so i think he's on set piece he's on penalties he's on uh, free kicks he's on corners everything everything you name and uh, he's known he's, he's known to shoot he's known to shoot a lot and he's he, he gets an extra point from scoring out of the box so i have erickson in my team i think he's not uh, moving out and uh, uh, coming to defense i think michael uh, michael is a good option but then he's slightly overpriced uh, uh, and you got two 4.5 defenders so if you get to uh, two defenders at 9 million who would be playing against the finland side uh, who who have not had a great run of form and uh, their star striker is just coming off an injury so he didn't even start the full game against estonia if i'm not wrong he played just uh, 30 minutes so uh, i fancy my money i will put my money over that that uh, denmark will get a clean sheet and as strani said they play in copenhagen and uh, uh, that's in front of their uh, home and uh, that should be an added bonus as well so uh, it should be a comfortable 2-0 victory for denmark uh, and uh, there's yusuf paulsen he plays well for leipzig but uh, in the denmark setup it's more of eriksen uh, rather than the other attackers there uh, and this danish side has so much value in them so much quality uh, that they will go deep into this tournament they i feel they are one of the dark houses uh, of this tournament so i think a, a double off of uh, mahale and the other center back is not at all a bad option at all yeah rob we i think we're all in agreement that double denmark defense is a really good option um but what about the third should we be getting a third and if we are is eriksen the best shout for that third option um the uh, my only concern and we spoke about this on the preview pod um is if eriksen isn't scoring goals for them um i don't i can't see the value being there at 9 million um he i mean yeah 9 million you want goals and assists um and the fact that the the rest of the attack um with denmark is slightly weaker um and we like we spoke about them maybe not finishing um as many chances as they should do um i I'm, i'm just not i'm not sold on christian eriksen um i think yeah he's, it's a great asset to have um with all of the set pieces with the penalties um and he does he does shoot a lot but for 9 million off i think i want more bang for my buck um i think if he was 7.58 he's a lock in my team but nine i think he's just a bit too much for me okay i i think that's a fair point um other option i like and i'm not sure if he's he has last game he was playing uh in in the three is dan is it daniel vice 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 yeah um he's 5 million he's a defender in the game but sometimes he plays in midfield now one of the games he played right back one of them he played in midfield do you guys know what position he's more preferred in i'm i'm not sure because if he's 5 million and he's playing in midfield he might be a better option than the 4.5s i'm not really sure 
Um, oh. oh, you go. <laughs> yeah, I think you go. You go, Rob. I think I have little to add here. Yeah, because I haven't had done my research on this guy yet. Um, I think from what I know and what I remember from the preview is he's a holding mid when he plays there. So you're not okay. going to be you're not going to be improving much. Like yeah. him playing in midfield, he's still going to be so not really relatively different. No, because yeah. no, I mean, from is it Miller or Myler? Yeah. Um, yeah. He's the um, the fullback that he can get you some attacking returns, maybe. Um, so at 4.5, he was great value. And Kajaya um, is good in the air and comes up for corners um, and free kicks. So, yeah, he's also got that uh, potential. So I think, yeah, for those two 4.5s are. Um, the E word. <laughs> um, Essential. <laughs> well, and I, I think some people say that it's a it's a Twitter community thing, but um, I think this is where um, why the Twitter community is there because people can find these options and share them um, elsewhere, and that's why they're still relatively um, low ownership. But um, yeah, amongst the Twitter community, you'll see a lot of double. Denmark defence. Right, let's move on to the next game, and that is Belgium versus Russia. Um, now, when we did the preview podcast, and even, to be honest, before we did the preview podcast, um, I was really confident in Belgium. Uh, the Belgian rep was really confident in Belgium, even though they've got uh, Vitzel that might not be there for the first couple of games, and De Bruyne may not be there for the first uh, couple of games. He was still quite confident um, with Belgium basically winning all three games. However, having listened to quite a few podcasts, a lot of people think that actually Denmark may top this group and Belgium may not. Um, what's your thoughts on this game? And, you know, I know a lot of people are, are on um, are on Lukaku. He's, I think he's the highly, highest owned uh, player in the game. Me and Rob are both on Carrasco um, as well. We re- both really like him. Um uh, the Belgian rep loves him. He said, you know, outside of Lukaku, the Carrasco is the kind of the number one target to go for. Um, what's your both your thoughts on, on Carrasco? Suriaga, to you first. Yeah, I think uh, we have been championing of uh, Carrasco as an, as an Eurofan to the asset over the last couple of days. Uh, that's quite because of the fact that uh, we had a chance to work with a, a Belgian journalist. Uh, he wrote a couple of blogs for us covering Belgium exclusively. And he rated uh, Carrasco even ahead of Lukaku because uh, wow. uh, he's, been in the thing, he's been in the scheme of things. And uh, of course, Belgium, a lot of people write off Belgium as a team uh, uh, because there is no KDB. Of course, Hazard isn't been himself in the last two years. He hasn't started a game for Belgium since 2019. Uh, and there's, of course, there's no Witzel. But then this team is the number one ranked team in FIFA. So you got to give credits for that because they do have that kind of talent to get you there. And uh, Martino sets up this team in a way that uh, they will uh, punch above their weight. Uh, they will look score a lot of goals because uh, their defense is not getting any younger. Uh, it's still the same Bertogan. It's still the same Toby Alderweire. Uh, there's uh, a couple of enablers there. But then uh, they look to score goals. And in order to, for them to be created, I think Carrasco will be in the scheme of things. So I think... Uh, Lukaku is, of course, uh, a self-pickup. Uh, I think you don't have to uh, add any comments there for us to justify his inclusion in most of the uh, fa- in most of fantasy managers' teams. But uh, 
Karas Kurs is a very, very great option, uh, in my opinion. And at 7 million, there's so much value in the Massive Massive. Yeah. Is, it, is there anyone else that we should be looking at from Belgium outside of Lukaku and Carrasco, Shuni? Yeah, uh, definitely. I think uh, they are first up against Russia. Russia is a team uh, they would like to sit back and defend against the bigger teams. Like uh, They are not in a great form. And, uh, so I'll, I'll pick one of the defenders. Denier is a good enabler for the price uh, he is in. I think he's the standard option from the defense because we are not uh, exactly sure of the fullbacks who are going to start. Munir has Castange uh, pushing him for the spot and it looks like Munir will start against the teams like uh, Russia who would like to sit back and Castange for the tougher games when the uh, when they progress the round of 16 or the game against Denmark where they need to have someone defensively. So the fullbacks is still a bit of a fight with uh, not their spots are not in seal at the moment. So I think Denier is the best defensive option and uh, as you guys mentioned Carrasco and Dukakor uh, obviously Tremendous fantasy picks. Okay, Rob, thoughts on this Belgium versus Russia game? How do you think it's going to go? And uh, should people be confident in Belgium as people are, or not? Um, I'm. I think yeah, Jason uh, Denier is. I think it, at four point five, you can't argue with the value there. Um, but I wouldn't be looking at any other Belgian defenders. I don't think. Um, like any anything over four point five um, is a bit over overpriced. Um, this is, as Sue said, it's an aging Belgian defence. We've seen um, Toby Alderweireld struggle all season um, for Spurs, um, and I think uh, Atom Juba will give them some problems. Um, he's a big, burly um, centre forward, a very old-fashioned centre forward, uh, and um, he. If he gets in and amongst it, he could, um, yeah, cause a bit of hassle for that Belgian defence. But on the other hand, um, yeah, Yannick Carrasco, um, the other night um, he was he was brilliant. He should have scored at least twice, um, uh, and maybe could have had more um, in their friendly. I'm forgetting who it was against, um, but yeah, he was brilliant. Lukaku um, has proven time and time again um, that for Belgium, that he is their main man. Um, people think of De Bruyne because he might be the better player, but for Le- for Belgium, Lukaku is the main man. He's the one that scores all the goals. Um, so even if De Bruyne was fit, I'd be still going on Lukaku. And um, for like the game against Finland, I'll be looking at uh, match day three, I'll be looking at Lukaku rather than um, De Bruyne. Um, so okay. yeah, I, think, I think other than... I think Lukaku um, for this week is probably like if you wanted to take a top three captaincy picks across the game week, I think he's in that top three. Um, yeah. Anyone from Russia? I assume not. Not for match day one, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, right. Let's look at Group C then. And yep. this is Austria. Uh, Austria, North Macedonia, Netherlands in Ukraine. So that first game is, I, I'm struggling to read here. Uh, is it Austria, North Macedonia? Yeah. 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 Um, right. A lot of people are kind of going, right, let's pile in on Austria against North Macedonia. Uh, I'm of a different, slightly different opinion here because 
I don't think North Macedonia are as bad as people are making out. I think Austria probably will win, but I think North Macedonia may score. Um, a lot of people are looking at a double Austrian defence, but, uh, you know, I've seen Alaba in a lot of sides. Um, where do you think this match going? Who who will you be picking in this match, uh, Surya? Anyone that you're looking at? Uh, quite a couple, because uh, Alaba has actually classified as a midfielder in this particular game. He's 5.5. Uh, that's that's good value for someone who, who might be on penalties. I think he, he's higher up the pitch. Uh, yeah, so Alaba is one option. But then the, I still fancy North Macedonia to score a goal because uh, uh, they, they've, uh, they've done well. They've done well to land a spot in uh, Euros. And this group seems to be a bit open because uh, the Netherlands team, uh, uh, they aren't... Uh, uh, truth be told, they are in the same Dutch side of the past. They, they're not the same uh, uh, RVPs. They're not the same uh, uh, Iron Robin, Schneider. Not not that team. Uh, uh, they are very defensively fragile. I think Turkey showed them showed that they they beat them four two recently. So uh, that is an option that Netherlands uh, could open up. Ukraine is another great team. So this this group is something. Uh, it's tough to predict of how it will end up because and uh, North Macedonia will seek a chance to uh, to go as deep in this tournament and they've got a good good set of players. I think uh, uh, Alioski plays uh, in the Premier League. We know he's in the penalties as well. Uh, Panda has been a very uh, great. Uh, player for a lot of clubs in, in, in his very long career. I think he's played for three decades now. Uh, yeah. So, I think uh, of double up on an Austrian defence is, is a big no-no. I see them scoring uh, at least a goal. Uh, so, yeah. that That's my thoughts. Yeah. Srini, what's your thoughts on this game? Have you got any players from this game and who would you be looking at? Yeah, as you guys mentioned, Alaba seems to be the top option, but I think he's he's the best option, and we may even consider Sabitzer as a good option. Like, uh, he's been a great player in the last few years, and I think he's uh, very much wanted in the transfer market at the moment for uh, around 15, 20 million. I think he'll be uh, he'll be look looking to prove something in the Euros and maybe get a move to one of the bigger clubs. Many clubs are looking for it for him, and Sabitzer is a uh, great, great player, and he's the one trump card to watch out for. Is what I feel. Uh, Rob, what's your thoughts on Alaba? Because I know when we spoke to the Austrian rep, he wasn't too keen on him, was he? From what I remember, at five point five in that in that uh, midfield. Um, yeah, my concern with him, and we saw it um, last week in their friendly um, with England. Um, they he he tends like their fullbacks will push up and he will be he'll be very much slotting in and just filling in where the fullbacks should be um so he's still very defensive um i think there's still other options um elsewhere across um the tournament for match day 1 that um i'd maybe prefer i know 5.5 it's cheap um but you can i think it's worth losing 0.5 somewhere else to then bring him up to a 6 million player. Um, I mean, that's what I was, I spent a lot of time because at one point I was just look, looking at the game and going, oh, who can I get? Um, I'd, I'd, and I think like originally I was like looking at like someone like Robin Lodd from uh, Finland after uh, Nilo uh, talked him up 
and at 5.5. But that's that's more like someone that's attacking. He's an attacking player. He, he described him as um, Finland's Buendia to uh, to, <laughs> that to Pukki. Kind, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and well, we who knows what could happen. Um, so yeah, um, I'm not wanting to touch uh, that game in particular. I think. It's very much an unknown um, with Macedonia at, at their first big tournament. Um, we've seen teams um, either really impressed at their first major in tournament or they've fallen apart. And I've got a feeling they're going to impress. I think they've got that experience there um, in players that, that we've mentioned in Alioski, who's been um, in this Leeds team in the Premier League, and Pandev, who's just been around forever. Um, he's probably been playing football longer than I've been alive. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, he's. Um, I, I just. I think if you were going to look at any games in this group for something, um, yeah, I think the Netherlands Ukraine game um, screams goals, goals, goals. Good segue, but quickly, one thing that I want to talk about on this game. We've spoken about um, Alaba, we've spoken about the Austrian defence, we've spoken about the North Macedonia, um, Alioski, Ristovski. One player that we haven't spoken about quickly that people are talking about is that Austrian striker, um, I don't know how you pronounce it, Kalazadic? Kalazadic? Kalazadic. Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone got any thoughts on him? Yeah, he's had a very great season, uh, and he's, he's he's tall, he's lanky. Uh, he should be amongst. Uh, he could go score goals of all kinds of forms, and uh, I think that he's one reason that people are going uh, less on uh, Arnautovic as well because uh, uh, Arnautovic, of course, is not played in a long time. He's not played with the national team because of uh, COVID restrictions, and he plays in China, so he's not. Uh, Played with the national team yet for a very long time. Uh, the coach rates him very high, uh, but then there's still chance that the minutes will be divided or one might start over the other. So I think that's breaking that. Uh, it does not give you a conclusive uh, stance of uh, whom to start with or uh, whom to trust, trust, trust the option with because I'm pretty sure uh, one or the other will start and get hooked at 60. So uh, you cannot. Uh, that that's that's the one that's stopping me. But other than that, uh, uh, both of these players are very good, uh, very good strikers. Yeah, I mean, think okay. with with Kaladzic as well, we did mention on the preview. He's one of these players that this is the shop window for him. This is where he can put himself out there. And we mentioned yeah. on the pod that he had, he. Um, I think last summer he was linked with Spurs, um, and that has come up again in the last few weeks with the Harry Kane rumours. Um, that he could be seen as potentially a player that they bring in. Um, this is a huge opportunity for him to sort of put his name out there and say, look, Premier League clubs, I'm ready for um, for like the big challenge of coming and playing over here. So, yeah, it'd be interesting what happens with him, what happens with Arnautovic. We know, and well, you know what Arnautovic is like, and he has got an ego. Um Snake. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but there, there is huge questions over his fitness. He was injured. I think it was the ninth of May. Um, he got injured playing over in China. Um, so he's only been properly training for I think about ten days uh, now. So whether he gets thrown in to start on match day one, I don't think so. I think he will probably be someone that comes on for twenty minutes towards the end just to get some minutes. 
Um, and then it'll, they'll be looking to maybe bring him in for match day two, where they might need that bit more experience um, against the Netherlands side. Right, let's go um, Netherlands and Ukraine then. Uh, an interesting game. Uh, lots of people got different opinions. Uh, Netherlands are the favourites for this group, but not really looking that great. Ukraine, however, are a very leaky side. Uh, Shrini, what's your thoughts on this game and how do you see it panning out? Yeah, uh, I see this game. Uh, Netherlands have not been that good, like uh, what you mentioned, but Ukraine are a, a side who must be attacked, like uh, they are not talking much about Ukraine due to North Macedonia in the group, like Ukraine also one of the teams to target and I think I see Depa in most of the fantasy teams and he's one of the best options uh, and other than that I don't uh, trust much of Netherlands defence, so I think Wijnaldum uh, uh, plays like little much higher up on the pitch for Netherlands compared to Liverpool and he'll be, he's, he has been among the goals for uh, Netherlands in later stage of the qualifiers. So, Wijnaldum can be a, a good pick and defense there is an uh, enabler in, uh, I don't know how to pronounce, Wijnal, I think. Yeah, Windal, Windal, I think is the right <laughs> Yeah, uh, Windal, he's, he's been the enabler in most of the squads, that's all. But I don't expect a, a big score like 1-0, 1-0 Netherlands or 2-0 Netherlands. Uh, Surya, do you think Ukraine can score here, and or do you think we should be targeting any Ukraine players? Uh, yeah, there's been so little uh, spoken about Ukraine uh, in terms of uh, all of the content, in terms of pods, in terms of uh, uh, blogs is being written or tweets being done. Uh, as I said just before, Netherlands defense again is like uh, uh, it's not stable. They've been conceding goals. Uh, Turkey exploited it, and even in the Friendlies, they look fragile and uh, Frank de Boer, out of all the generation of uh, Dutch playing four at the back, suddenly changed to five at the back and has been even... Uh, Delight has come out and said we, we're not... A lot of players are not used to in this particular uh, formation and this calls for uh, Ukraine to attack and exploit this gap and Ukraine have got the quality to do that. I think uh, they've got uh, a lot of good players. I think one that, that stands out is... Uh, Malinowski, I think, uh, of course, a lot of managers know Zinchenko. He's out of question. He, he generally plays in midfield for Ukraine whenever he plays. Uh, but uh, Malinowski is, again, a very solid option. At least not for uh, this game. He, he should come good for the, uh, against the other games against uh, uh, Austria and North Macedonia. He's 7 million. He's, he's solid. Uh, he's had a great season in Syria. Uh, yeah, and uh, Yamalenko is there too. Uh, he's not the same guy. He's, he's had a couple of... Uh, Knee injuries that has derailed his uh, progress, but still he's he's there. Uh, he, he's he's a legend in that uh, that Ukraine team. So I think it, it's an high-scoring one. Uh, only reason I have Bindal uh, in my team is that he plays wing back and there's option of an attacking return, and he's 4.5. That's the only reason he's there. Uh, but I predict this game to be not just this game. Any of the games that feature Netherlands should be high-scoring. They're known to score goals, and uh, that defense uh, is not stable enough to. Uh, clean, clean sheet. So I think uh, uh, that game that game has a lot of goals. Uh, in there. Okay, uh, Rob, I know you like a Netherlands player that isn't Depay, isn't Wijnaldum, and isn't Windau. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people are not talking about this player. Uh, do you want to tell us who it is? Um, yes, uh, Vekost. Uh, we'll, we'll go with that Veghorst. 
Um, so, in the last few years, um, it's generally um, been De Jong playing up front for for the Netherlands, um, and but uh, Veghorst has just come out of a great season. Um, he scored. Uh, how many goals? Wasn't he like third top scorer? Goals, yeah. I think yeah. it was like twenty goals or near twenty goals. Um. Uh. Yeah. So he. It looks like there was. I mean, there was doubts when we chatted with um at Peter Wolf on the uh, Netherlands podcast. There was doubts whether he would start, but um in the friendly the other night he did start. He's got a goal as well. Um. So it that kind of strengthens him. I'm still. I mean, when we talk uh, and go through our teams um, shortly, um, yeah, I'll explain that I'm still a bit undecided on him. But um, I just, I felt, I was trying to get Depay in, but it was a lot of trying to move other players around my team, whereas he could provide great value. Um, It was a coin flip between him and Moreno at the end of the day. So, And I think that, at the moment, Veghorst is more likely to start than Moreno for Spain. So, um, at that price point, he just seemed like the best option. Um, but it's something that I think I'll be keeping an eye on um, tomorrow during the day just to see if there's any sort of clues as to whether um, he will be the start starter or, or whether it will be De Jong up front. Right, let's go on to Group D, and this is the England group. Come on, England. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, the first game is England versus Croatia. Um, we recorded with um, James at Planet FPL about the England podcast. Um, and, you know, James is extremely knowledgeable, knows what his staff can talk for hours about the England side. Uh, but his conclusion was basically, we don't know who's going to play. Um, and I think that is pretty much the thought of a lot of fantasy managers. And for those that are going to play, they either seem overpriced or kind of not very good value for money. And people really aren't sure where to go um, and not sure how this fixture could kind of pan out. Um, Suri, I'll come to you first for this one. Anyone from this game that we should be looking at or not? I think no. I think uh, when James can say that, I I will stick to James. <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna challenge him. <laughs> yeah, it's not challenging. It's the fact that Southgate has got no clue to what to do with no clue whatsoever to what uh, to do with this uh, England team. I think only two names that we can be sure of starting is uh, Harry Kane and uh, Jordan Pickford. Ah, uh, because other than that, uh, you never know. Declan who... Rice probably. Yeah, Declan Rice probably. Yeah, I think. Other than these two, three guys, uh, uh, every other spot in this particular team is gonna is a mystery. You don't know who's gonna start. They, uh, they too did. Uh, what do you say? Uh, uh, the friendlies too didn't give a conclusive evidence because there is a lot of players who are out of the team who are not part of the Euros uh, uh, in the squad as well. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's one game that needs to be waited out and watched to see how England set up. And also, a lot of teams uh, do sleep on Croatia. Uh, they are a big, uh, they're, they're a big tournament team. They do turn up uh, against uh, uh, the best of the nations, the biggest of the competitions, and they still hold the core of the team that made it to the World Cup final. That's still Luka Modric. That's still uh, uh, Lovren. That's still uh, Kovacic. That's still. Uh, uh, Borzovic, the, 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 the core of the team is still there. Uh, they play with pride. They they play with immense uh, 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 
proudness in them to represent their country and uh, uh, it should be uh, it should be a close game i think i will go th- i will not pick anyone from this particular game Oh, yeah, you're yeah. sitting on the fence on this one, are you? Because we're both England fans. Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the same fact. I do support. I, I do root for England as well this tournament. But then it's just that uh, you don't know what Southgate is going to do with this England team. It's, it's, yeah. it's all handsome, yeah. I, I, I agree. Um, Trini, have you got any extra thoughts to add on that? Or do you just basically echo what Surya said? Oh, we can't hear oh, okay. you. It's on mute. Yeah. There we go. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have much to add uh, to what Surya said. Like, but uh, England. Uh, I'm also rooting for England. So we four of us are basically England fans, but we don't have a clue who's starting. We don't have much. Uh, <laughs> personally, I don't have much expectations from this side. Like, they're a great squad, but uh, as a team, I don't uh, think like they'll be progressing very, very deep into the tournament. Ah. Uh, so, because uh, you need to get more goals. On the last few games, England have not been able to uh, get the goals even against smaller teams. So, yeah, I don't fancy uh, anyone from this game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rob, before I come to you, I'm going to tell a quick short story, which I found quite funny. So um, I spoke to my friend who lives uh, downstairs below me. We live in a maisonette. I live up. Um, He lives down and uh, he is a very good friend of mine and he's French. And um, he said, you know, he's giving me banter saying France are going to get to the final. We're going to win. I'm going to plaster my house with, uh, you know, France flags at the front. And I said, well, I'm going to plaster it with England. Um, So I ordered 10 England flags the other day, five foot by three foot. 10 England flags, which are coming over the weekend, right? And I'm going to plaster it all over the (laughs) front of the top, right? So I said to him today, I said, right, uh, I've, I've ordered 10. How many do you have? And he said, I've only got the one. And I said, oh, okay, fine. He goes, I'm just going to have the one. He goes, but my one will last longer than your 10 because you're going to take yours down next week when England get knocked out. And my one flag will be staying right to the end of the tournament. <laughs> I found that hilarious. Um, anyway, God, Rob, what's your thoughts on this game? Any England players that we should be looking at? Um, yeah, I've, I think it's, uh, fantasy-wise, I think it is a, like, watch. Um, yeah, I think you'll learn a lot um, from this game, um, from... The lineup from the personnel being used um, at the moment. It there's a lot of strong rumours going around that um, England will play a five back. Um, with um, in training, it was um, on the left Chilwell, on the right Reese James, um, in the middle was Stones, Walker, and Shaw. Um, interesting. Which is interesting because. Um, I, from what I remember, James called that uh, last week on the pod. He did. Um, he did. And it, yeah, so it just makes it, um, it makes them very interesting to watch. And I think by playing those five at the back, I think it then means that he might just play Rice all by himself in the middle, um, which then means that there could be all of the attacking assets to pick from. Like we're talking like Mount, Foden, Grealish, Kane, Rashford, Sterling, Sancho, any of these could be um, starting um, or featuring in the game. Um, so, yeah, I I think whatever lineup we see in that first game is the lineup we'll see most of the way through the tournament. Um, he doesn't like to tweak the lineup unless it's um, due to injuries or, we, I mean, we saw... 
um, at the World Cup in 2018 that um, yeah, the third game he did like full rotation, um, but it was a dead rubber game. So, yeah, it, I think whatever we see in that first game, I'd be fairly confident that those players will start most other games in the tournament, hopefully the other six games. <laughs> okay, let, let's look. Yeah, other six. Hopefully we get there. Um, right, let's look at the other game uh, in this um, group, and that is Czech Republic versus Scotland. Um, is there anyone that we can target from either of these two teams for this game? Surya, I'll come to you first. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think this game has some potential of going differential uh, because uh, players from the these Two teams have been very lowly spoken about in this, uh, in in a lot of uh, discussions. Uh, when you take uh, Scotland, I think uh, they got a one or two option. I think Chad Adams has uh, pledged his loyalty to Scotland, and uh, he's been playing for them uh, from quite recent times. And uh, he's a decent forward because he's got uh, he's got ten goals for Southampton this season in the Premier League. So that's that's no less an achievement because. Uh, Premier League is tough. I think uh, he will look to take that uh, into this uh, this tournament as well. So that he's he's fairly cheap too. That he might be a very good option if for people are going heavy on midfield and have a, a midfield uh, of a forward spot open up for a, a budget player. Uh, Kofal, I think uh, we all know how attacking he is for uh, West Ham in the Premier League. Uh, I think he's still five million offers very good value in terms of attack. Uh, Suchek, uh, we all know he, he was an FPL uh, legend in the first half of the season. He too, uh, he too gets a lot of goals for uh, Czech Republic. Uh, he's, he's even went on to score a hat-trick recently. So, uh, yeah, a lot of, like, not so solid options. But uh, one or two, if you're trying to punt, uh, I think this could definitely uh, work out. Uh, but then, again, uh, they're not very, they don't... Uh, Put out a case for themselves, but still fairly decent enough options. I think Andy Robertson too. Uh, he captains the Scott side. Uh, he's got a good, uh, uh, good, uh, good, good form, and you you all know how good he is. And uh, Megan, for another fact, uh, Megan too recently scored a hat trick for Scotland. I think uh, he plays far up high the pitch, not like unlike uh, the way he plays for Aston Villa. So yeah, decent picks, but I wouldn't say. Uh, uh, on a team-breaking option or, or someone who is going to give you 10-15 points, but then still a few picks to consider. Yeah. Shrini, anyone else to add, or is uh, Surya basically taking all of the good picks from, this, from these two teams? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think well, Surya has basically taken all of the uh, bigger picks, and I don't uh, think uh, this game is like uh, much to watch out for uh, in the. Like, we don't have much of a fantasy potential in these games. And uh, Scotland, uh, or a team, they play with uh, great potential. Like, they, they give their 100% every time they turn up. But uh, this is a very uh, tricky group at the moment. The, this is the group I uh, I predict to have the least number of goals in the uh, entire tournament. Uh, we yeah, can't see I, much I agree with you there. Yeah, so, but uh, still, uh, we're not sure of the defensive options from England. So, I think Robertson should be the only pick uh, I'll consider from Scotland at the moment. Rob, anything to add on this Scotland and Czech Republic game? Again, I, I think this is a, it's a tight fixture. Um, I think the fact that Scotland 
are at home at Hamden Park. Um, yeah, there will only be, I think it's 30,000, um, maybe less, but they'll make a lot of noise. Um, I, yeah, I think it's just, it's a tight one to call. Um, everyone thinks that this group is England, Croatia, and then one of Scotland or Czech Republic to come third. Um, Scotland could throw everything at them um, in this game. For them, it's win that game. And when we chatted to Mark, it was win that game and they've got one foot in the round of 16. Three points could get you there. Um, so, yeah, it's... I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'd be touching any fantasy assets um, for this game. I, I think the group... You kind of want to watch them play, but on the other hand, yeah, it's supposedly the best fixture for them, um, for both teams. Uh, right. Before we move on to Group E, there is currently uh, nine likes on this stream and about 20 of you watching. So uh, for the other 12 uh, or 11, please go and uh, hit that like button for us. Right. Let's move on to Group E then. Um, the first game is Poland versus Slovakia. Now, this game's an interesting one because um, our rep, he wasn't, he's not too confident on Poland at the moment. He said they didn't really turn up in the friendlies, um, although a lot of people are looking at Lewandowski. Uh, Rob, what's your thoughts? I want to come to you first now. What's your thoughts on this game? Should we be looking at any Poland players? Um, I assume we're probably not looking at Slovakian. Um, I really, really, I really want Lewandowski um, yeah, in this too. game. Um, but I just can't fit him in. I think it's it's a case of like you want two two big premium forwards, and you've got Ronaldo with a good fixture, Lukaku with a good fixture, um, and Lewandowski with a good fixture, and any of those three could go absolutely crazy um, in that match day one, and I just. I, I could just suddenly change my mind when I wake up tomorrow morning. But at the moment, I just have a funny feeling about Ronaldo um, and Lukaku. Um, if, if I if I had the money, I'd have Lewandowski in as my third. I, I, I just think he, he, he's had, he could easily go and score four or five. Yeah. Like yeah. we like, and we remember the pod uh, we did with the Slovakia rep. He was not confident at all about the whole tournament, um, and I think Poland will want to. It's a it's a very tight looking group with Sweden, Spain, Poland, all all potentially um, could push for that top spot if they um, if they won particular games, and that Slovakia game that could be the one that. Right, we need to score some goals um, just to bring that goal difference up. So, yeah, they could they could uh, like tear into them if they if they turn up. Surya, anyone outside of Lewandowski that we should be looking at? A lot of people talking about Zielinski. Uh, I think Bednarak is what is Bednarak Polish? He is, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's Polish. Uh, yeah, yeah. Any any anyone else from Poland, or is it a void? Or yeah, I think. A lot, lot of people have been talking about Zelensky as well. I think, uh, uh, yeah, the screen is all right. I was very <laughs> weird. <thing. laughs> yeah, it's really smart. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I, 
yeah slovakia are bad or not that great uh, uh, but i can't my convince myself to uh, pick landowski for this fixture uh, because uh, i know he's landowski i know he's one of the be- uh, best strikers in the europe uh, in europe right now uh, but the team has to perform for him to click uh, well as well it's that it's no ban munich uh, uh, the truth be said so i would and there are lot of other good fixtures for you to target depay plays against the uh, a very good uh, i think depay plays against uh, ukraine no not ukraine uh, depay yeah against depay is against ukraine yeah yeah depay is against ukraine uh, uh, there is ronaldo against hungary there's uh, lukaku versus belgium uh, lukaku versus uh, russia there's a so, lot of options right there so i i can't convince myself to put my money on uh, lewandowski as i'm differing from rob uh, and i don't see any other good option in that uh, polish team shrini anyone from poland that you're looking at that you think is a good option or slovakia i assume no one from slovakia but <laughs> yeah i i am not much into slovakia i don't have like uh, i have not uh, watched or observed them from fantasy even from fantasy point of view i from poland i own zelenski at the moment in my team uh I am uh, I'm still not at convinced on whether to go for Zelensky or Carrasco it looks to be a uh, like a close call uh, and to but because Zelensky has been uh, in the goals and assists in the last few games and at the start of the qualifiers he was on a uh, tremendous run at the start of the qualifiers uh, coming to Lewandowski uh, like uh, most of the uh, forward line is a template thing and it's very uh, difficult to uh, like uh, go against the template at the moment lukaku ronaldo and depay with uh, kane and uh, lewandowski and ilmaz are the are the three guys like uh, who are trying to push the uh, template out of the option but uh, it's very difficult like uh, to go against the template because like uh, at the start uh, you don't want to fall much behind so i don't think uh, lewandowski lewandowski is obviously a great option but Uh, I don't want to take a risk that dropping any of the front three. Okay, right. Uh, let's move on to the next fixture. Before we do, we've had quite a few people join the chat. I assume, Rob, and you will tell me otherwise, it's probably because Champman Live has just finished and now people are joining over probably. to us. Is that right? Yeah, yeah they're, yeah. Probably, they're so, probably all crying. So, yeah, they, yeah. they've come to, they've come to uh, probably badger me. so hello champ man guys um right let's move on to the next fixture and that is spain versus sweden is this game a hard avoid because of what's happening with the spanish side and in fact the sweden side um you know we've had uh busquets who's got covid and i think lorente tested positive but then it was negative i think it got it was a it got overturned or something tested negative yeah um the Sp- spanish side are not training um together as a side at the moment it's individual training uh, we don't really know if this game is going ahead properly i mean i imagine it will but we don't really know what's happening so is this an avoid completely or do we still pick uh, you know a couple of spanish players for this game uh, shrini i'll come to you first yeah uh we are not sure of this game going ahead i have a uh, spanish defender in port uh, aris at the moment and uh, i'm still not at cans and, and i'm waiting for uh, maybe till the deadline to get any update on the game whether the game is going ahead on time like i think we have uh, two days like a uh, backup days to uh, have the match still go ahead 
so yeah it's it's a very uh, a tough situation like this this fpl season has been uh, crazy due to this covid postponements and i thought like it's not going to happen in the euros <laughs> and we are going to have a <laughs> yeah peaceful tournament but yeah this has happened and uh, the first thing i told surya was oh here we go again like uh, i was not ready for this so i I'm, i'm not sure but uh, from a spain perspective uh, ferran torres uh, as a man city fan I, i really like him he has been uh, obviously underplayed at city but uh, come coming to the spanish setup he is the one uh, who can carry the ball forward and uh, he is the one who takes on the defenders so ferran torres uh, for a national team has been a uh, quite a different player and he's the one to watch out for from the spain squad do you think though with um uh, this question for you surya with everything that's happening with this uh with this game is it worth investing you know 8.5 million in a torres or 9 million or whatever it is for morata um as a risk because we don't really know what that side is going to look like we don't know you know even if they are playing we don't know the other players that are around them uh so is it worth risking on them is the first question and secondly um is it le- it's okay to go with the likes of torres because he's only 4.5 million so uh, you know that power torres a defender yeah. as opposed to the the more expensive attackers it's it's actually a tricky uh, situation you see because uh, you always want to have five different captain options for this particular uh, match day and uh, if you remove ferran torres out of the equation and if you cannot afford robert lewandowski uh, then suddenly you don't have a captain option from this particular fixture that's interesting that's what i'm finding as well yeah hmm. that's what i've convinced myself to go uh, from ferran torres to uh, carrasco uh now and my current draft has carrasco over ferran torres just, just because i was quite concerned with the covid situation over there um and i do have marcus lorente uh, as my midfielder because he's is is an enabler there i think he's he has a spot nailed on and he could get a few attacking returns of course he plays out of position in the opposite way he's listed as a midfielder but plays as a defender uh, in the spanish side uh but but the fact that you will lose out on a captain option from this particular uh, uh, game day is something that's really ca- that's been in the back of my mind for long but this shouldn't trouble much because it's the fourth match day and not uh, if it is one or two it could have been even more alarming by then it is the fourth match day of course by then three one of one at least out of the three uh, standout captain options would have performed well uh, to my uh, instincts so i think it's okay to go without ferran torres uh, if you have so many risks around it and uh, there are so many other defenders that you can pick uh, in uh, to uh, put all your money on someone like ferran torres as well so uh, yeah and sweden are not again the same uh, one man team it's not this latan team anymore i think they've got a lot of young exciting talents coming up isak is there there is uh, kuleski I, i think he's out co- out of out of covid but then there is Forsberg there is a lot of good talented players uh, in that Sweden side too uh, but yeah i think i would avoid both the teams uh, just with uncertainty there Rob after we recorded with uh, Rahul the Spanish rep and that was one you know one of the best pods that we did i really really enjoyed that um we were both loving Gerard Moreno you know he had so much uh, time for him and basically said you know for 6.5 million he is the bargain of um the whole of the this fantasy euros we're both not on him now 
Um, what's your reasons why? Is, it, um, is Are you worried about COVID or what do you think? It's partly should, we, should that, people still be looking at him? It's it's partly that and partly it looks like Morata is probably going to be the starter. Um, whether like which is ridiculous, Moreno has just had like an unbelievable season. Um, he was first amongst humans in La Liga for goal scoring, um, as yeah. Raúl said. Um, so it's unbelievable um, that yeah, Morata's going to get in ahead of him. Um, I'm. It was partly that, and then partly um, with this COVID uh, situation. I think um, I. I was always going to be. It was always going to be Moreno and Paul Torres, and I just felt with the likeliness of Veghorst maybe starting, um, it meant I could move um, off of Moreno. Um, but I am keeping Paul Torres there. I think at four point five. If he doesn't play, he doesn't play um, at the end of the day. Um, so I, I echo the thoughts on Ferran. Um, I'd love I'd love to have him in, in my side. It does look like they're going to be playing that 4-3-3 um, that will unleash him um, and Olmo probably on the other side. And we've seen that he has been um, in good form towards the end of the season. But the fact that... Um, yeah, this match day, well, this day of uh, the match day is um, so far after the deadline um, where we're probably not going to have uh, news on um, the further testing before the game, etc. Um, yeah, I, don't, I just don't want to be putting any money I don't need to, where, whereas Pau Torres is 4.5. Um, if he plays, I've got a great shot at maybe getting a clean sheet if he doesn't i'm not i'm not going to cry about it um so yeah it's just it, it's a shame because it's ruined probably one of like in that group um and on that day it was probably one of the standout fixtures for the day um that spain versus sweden game and it's possibly going to ruin that game Okay, let's look at the final group, uh, and and you know this <laughs> review has gone a, a bit longer than um, we expected, so we will try and go through it as as quickly as we can. But yeah, Group F, the group of death, the one that Hungary's going to win. Uh, <laughs> um, the first game being Portugal versus Hungary. What's your thoughts on Portugal, um, Surya? Because a lot of people, you know, just from a tactical point of view, well, just in general, everyone, and uh, you know, we we I think we briefly spoke about this earlier on your Twitter space. Um, a lot of people are going to be going Ronaldo, but I think one key thing to note is, you know, a lot of people have got um, good captaincy options throughout the game week. This is the last day. It's likely that. Uh, one of the one of the players will bang before we get to Ronaldo and may not want to captain Ronaldo. So is it worth spending 12 million on Ronaldo when actually you're not even probably going to captain him? Uh, yeah, I think uh, that was that that question took me by surprise because that was actually good thinking because uh, uh, the same uh, process of what I said with Lewandowski as well. Uh, by the time Lewandowski and Ronaldo plays, I think three or four options of your captaincy, uh, they would have already played and uh, there's high chance that you might not uh, want to risk and uh, remove that uh, uh, captaincy points 
and switch to Ronaldo. But I still stick by this. He's 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 phenomenal in big tournaments and he thrives in big games. Uh, I think you can classify any Euro game as a big game. Uh, considering the last time uh, Portugal played Hungary, it was again in the Euro 2016. It was a 3-3 draw. It was very it was a very uh, enthralling game to watch. Um, yeah, I still fancy Ronaldo to score a, score at least two in this particular game. Uh, we all know he still got he still got it, and he still he just five goals away of becoming the highest scoring international player uh, ever in this uh, uh, ever in the history of football. So uh, you got you got the reason. He he still takes. Uh, of course, there are good free kick takers in that uh, Portugal team. That is uh, Bruno. Apart Fernandes. from the one that he took the other day. Someone had to mention this. There's so many good uh, free kick takers there, but then he's still going to take it. There are so many good penalty takers in that team. I'm I'm a Man United fan, I think. I'll tell you, Bruno takes penalties so, so good. I've not ta- I've not seen any other player take uh, penalties so so good. Uh, but then still still going to be Ronaldo taking the penalties. He's going gonna, gonna to be everywhere. He's going to be everywhere. And... Uh, even if you don't captain him, there is there is still potential for uh, 12, 10 to 12, 10 to 15 points there. And I don't want to miss that out. And and also the fact that a lot of cash flows will be going with uh, Ronaldo. So if you don't own him and he bangs and uh, the first uh, match day, your uh, Euro fantasy is derailed totally. Yeah, so yeah you're in trouble. Uh, there's so many options in that midfield, Trini. Um, you've got Bruno Fernandes, you've got Jota, you've got Silva. Uh, where do we go? Because Bruno Fernandes is not the player for Portugal like he is for Man United. That is kind of what we all thought because he's not on free kicks, he's not on penalties, but he's he got a goal and assist the other day, or was it two goals and assist? I, I know that he got at least a goal and assist. Um, where do we go then with, with Portugal? Do we just stick with Ronaldo or do we have a look at someone else in midfield? I think Ronaldo is the uh, standard option. Uh, Coming to Bruno, we like you mentioned, Bruno doesn't uh, take up a much advanced role. He's not much involved uh, in the in the play generally. Like he's playing more of a number eight role uh, on the right side, and that doesn't uh, that makes him little uh, uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable, but uh, he's not much into the uh, gameplay of Portugal. So I think Bernardo Silva uh, is a best uh, second best option in attack because he's the one uh, who. Like uh, who plays 90 minutes guaranteed? He doesn't tire off and uh, compared to Jota, Jota maybe subbed off at 60 and uh, he, he was taken off at 45 minutes the other day. So Jota is a little riskier option and Bernardo Silva is the uh, attacker. And to mention Cancelo, uh, I'm also looking to get Cancelo into my team somehow. He's the best uh, premium defender in the whole fantasy game. Is what I feel. Uh, because the other day uh, he scored a tremendous goal, cutting in from the hmm. right and shooting with the left foot. That that goal gave me uh, super vibes to super vibes to get get him into the team. So Cancelo uh, at City he has he has been already great attacking defender, but at City he has uh, improved very much and he's the one to look out for. Uh, Rob, anything to add on this game? Uh, yeah, that that goal last night. Uh was one of the things that it caused the change in my draft um, and freed up a bit of bit of money because originally I'd gone with um, Guerrero and then seeing that I think this season we've 
at times joked about Cancelo because you had you stuck with him for a long time in FPL and I didn't own him at all and he was being rotated and not performing and I had John Stone scoring every week um so yeah it was just I yeah I I like Cancelo um with Bruno we did see him playing more advanced last night and um Towards the end of the game, especially, he was playing almost as a number 10. But I think the big reason for that was Jota wasn't on the pitch. Ronaldo wasn't on the pitch um, towards the end of the game. Um, I I think you'll get returns, but I, I'm not up for doubling up on premiums from teams. And if I have the choice, I'm... I'm going for Ronaldo over Bruno any any day. I said it. I said last week when we chatted to Chez that um, I think that Ronaldo will break that record by the end of the group stage. Um, that was when he still had six to score, and he's only got five now. Um, I still think he'll break that record. He could, um, yeah, potentially do it in the first two games. Um, I think he's the huge standout option for a captaincy. It's just a shame you've got to wait till the last day for it it would be a perfect day one captaincy like get it out of the way <laughs> yeah that's the problem um just before we move on just one uh, and not necessarily for this game uh but just one to keep an eye on is mendez at left back shez did mention it in our preview podcast he really likes mendez he had a great um season he thinks that he could be competing with guerrero at, at that left back spot guerrero didn't play the other day and mendez did so just one to keep an eye out um as as Portugal progress throughout the tournament. Um, right, let's go to the last game then before we move on to strip chip strategy, and that is France we we villa France v <laughs> Germany. Um, I can't edit that out because we're live, otherwise we would have. Um, now, you know, France are the the standout team um, from the whole competition, but is it worth picking any players for you know this particular game? A lot of people are kind of doing the hard avoid for this game and probably going to avoid for the Portugal game, but target for that Hungary game. Uh, is there anyone that is worth looking at for this particular game, Shani? Uh, like, I, I'm not sure. I, I just want this game to be a, a, a great, fascinating watch. But from a fantasy uh, perspective, uh, it's very difficult to pick a player. Like, if you're uh, going to use the chips in... Um, uh, match day two or match day three, so that you can attack the Hungary fixture. Uh, yeah, so this game uh, doesn't uh, promise much from a fantasy perspective, but uh, I personally feel like uh, Gnabry is a uh, little uh, underworn and under-talked about, and he could be a uh, great potential even against the smaller teams and against the bigger teams. He has been uh, proven uh, to get goals from outside the box, inside the box. He's take, he has been taking those runs for Germany. So uh, Gnabry is uh, the one I'm keeping an eye on definitely, but not uh, for the match day one. Anyone from match day one that we should be looking at from this game, Surya? Yeah, I think I'm just going to ignore players from this game and just enter the footy. Uh, this this game has a lot of good players for us to sit in uh, about in terms of fantasy assets. Uh, see, the thing is, Germany are a very good side. I think they demolished Latvia the other day. Uh, it's too good. It is completely a mismatch. Uh, but uh, France are overpriced. Uh, France are the overpriced because they, they are the world champions. Uh, so I don't see... Uh, they will return. I think Mbappe might get a goal or uh, 
Ivan Griezmann will be involved. That there will be the likes of Muller, Narby. Uh, but the thing is, I would still ignore because all of them are overpriced, and it's gonna be not. It's not gonna rain goals because they two are highly, highly qualified teams. So I think it should be a good watch from a football fan's perspective, but not as a fantasy as a big. But uh, uh, considering you're playing limitless in two or three, or your wild card in two or three, uh, you should be able to uh, get in a lot of uh, players for them uh, from these two teams in the later half, of the, later part of the tournament. So yeah, I would ignore them for the first match day. Rob, anything to add on this game? Um, yeah, I'll just echo the same thoughts. I, I think it's going to be a fascinating watch um, from a footballing perspective. I think we'll learn a lot um, about both sides, whether this France side is is, is should be labelled the favourites for the tournament and whether this Germany side are um, are still one of the top sides in the world. Like We know that they... They did have the humiliating loss in the autumn to Spain, um, but it was a very different side back then. We've got uh, Mats Hummels back in the fold. Um, we've got uh, Thomas Muller back in there now as well. Um, when we chatted to Kevin Bader last week, um, he he said um, that for Dutram Louf, it's almost like a free hit um, at a tournament. And he's, instead of having to try and build a team towards a future tournament, he's having a crack at this one because this is his last tournament. Um, and I've, these German players, they they want to play for him. They enjoy playing for him. Um, we saw that in, um, is it 2014 when they won the World Cup? Um, yeah, he... I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if Germany came out and won this 1-0. Um, it's in... Uh, the Allianz Arena. Um, there will only be fourteen thousand there. I think that's what the restrictions are. But um, it's still a home tie. Um, yeah, I don't, people that say have said, "Oh, France should win it comfortably." It's not going to happen. It's going to be very tight. Um, it, yeah, like I said, not great for fantasy, but it's going to be. It's it's the is the standout game from the whole of match match day one. I I'm looking for I think we go live um straight afterwards after that game um with a couple of guests next week and I'm it's one of the streams I'm really looking forward to because that hopefully we'll have plenty of talking points. Uh right, let's move on to strip chip strategy. Um before we do, just a, a shout out to both you uh, Srini and Surya, because uh, people may not know this, but obviously you guys are in India right now, and it's 4am in India, and you're recording <laughs> with us, right? And and I just think you're legends for doing it, and I can see you both, it's probably absolutely sweltering there, and you're hot, and I can see you guys sweating, um, and that's why, Srini, you're probably coming off air, and uh, the stream is going a little bit funny, and you're seeing Surya's face stretched over, <laughs> taking a bit of a break. Um, <laughs> So uh, just thank you because, you know, being, uh, you know, doing a recording at 4am is just legendary. So thank you very much. From well, I mean, should we, should we do a 4am uh, record live no, stream? Thank you. We'll do it after no, the final. Right. I think that's the thing of watching European football from here. It's, it's always going to end at 3.30, uh, 4 in the night. And it's, we're pretty much used to it. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that, that's pretty much. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah. Um, right. Let's move on to chip strategy then. Um, now, 
there's three main uh, tips uh, strategies that we can go for. Um, we're just going to briefly talk about uh, what they are and the uh, uh, pros and cons, I guess, of each one. Rob, should I just talk through each each of them and then we just talk about pros and well, cons afterwards? I think just because um, yeah, time is getting on, maybe we could just uh, quickly, I mean, all four of us will have an idea of what our strategy is um, for, for the tournament. Maybe uh, we quickly just... Uh, go through uh, from each of us what's your chip strategy um, what are the pros for it and then um, if anyone has something to maybe go against that um, with their uh, strategy that they've chosen um, we'll do it that way rather than yeah just so it's a so, bit quicker <laughs> yeah 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 so the most popular strategy uh, strategy on twitter seems to be um limitless in match day two and uh wild card in match day three uh Srini and surya are you both on that strategy or are you different from that yeah uh i'm i am i am on that strategy i'm going limitless on uh match day two and uh going the wild card option on match day three i'm i'm pretty much uh, uh fixed on it because this is a short tournament for a eight game week tournament. I think uh, unlike FPL, FPL, like uh, it's a big whole journey. Like we need to sit back and analyze and take things. But uh, from a Euro uh, fantasy perspective on this uh, game rules, I think it's 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 a good strategy to attack early on. Like uh, potential four wild cards at the start of the uh, like uh, tournament should give you a great boost and you should be you should be pretty much uh no things like who are more nailed and uh when the now code start so i think uh i'm pretty much stuck because uh, stuck on this and i'm not changing uh, anytime soon on this strategy Surya, are you on the same strategy uh not really so i am pretty sure uh pretty sure i'm playing my limitless in two uh just because of the simple fact that uh Anything that happens in that France-Germany uh, fixture, maybe it's a draw or France loses out to uh, Germany by a, a goal or two, uh, France will look to hit Hungary and look to hit Hungary hard because they need the points and the goal in the past. Uh, so, I see it's a high-scoring one. Uh, and if you have to have a lot of French, attack or French attackers in the team, you need to have the limitless. Wildcard is pretty much worth this that when you are on a budget. So, that's one thing. Uh, and I do still feel not all teams will get comfortably into the knockouts by the end of the second game. So there could be big teams that play in the tournament, uh, in the tournament, have something to play for in ma- match day three. So I think you could do with the fi- uh, free transfers over that, and then probably uh, go use the wild card in uh, after the round of 16 and before the quarterfinals. I think uh, that is the one thing that. Pretty much uh, uh, my strategy, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, Rob. Um, yeah, so I've gone with uh, yeah the same um, like it's, it's almost like the Twitter template strategy of um, the wild card in two, um, limitless in two, wild card in three. Although I think I'm quite willing to be fairly flexible with that wild card in three. Um, which you can't get now. If you go limit, if you decide to go limitless in free, you have to use it in free. Um, like if you if you go wild card into limitless in free, you have to use that wild card in um, that limitless in free. You there's so much wrong with using it in the knockouts because you're losing transfers um, and your team could be in 
an awful shape afterwards. So, yeah, you if you're set on using that limitless in three, you have to go for it. Um, so that was one of uh, the reasons. Um, at the moment, yeah, I think it's a case of when I get to match day three, um, if I can move from uh, the uh, Portugal players that I've got uh, from match day one into French players um, for match day three quite easily. And then there's no other big um, flags that I have to deal with for my team. I might just hold on to the wild card for um, the quarterfinals. Um, if not, I might use the wild card as yeah a free hit um, if I think there's um, potential issues here and there. Um, is that one of the reasons, like one of the many reasons I'm thinking, yeah, keeping that limitless for match day two, um, the fixtures are there. You know that everyone is definitely going to be with their strongest teams. Um, you'll probably want uh, to be targeting, uh, like you'll know the England side, you'll probably want three England attackers um, against Scotland. Um, and I've, I just, yeah, got a feeling that, you might need it more in two than you would in three. Um, Surya, are you quite uh, going to be quite flexible with using your wild card in terms of you, similar to Rob, where you could go three, you could go quarterfinals? Because Srini seem, you know, you and me seem fairly set on match day three wild card. Because I'm kind of like that. You, what are your thoughts, Surya? Yeah, that's what. As I said, uh, this is a, a national tournament. It's a it's a continental tournament wherein you. There will be bo- uh, surprises that that will shock us because uh, teams will punch over the weight. Uh, some teams like Ukraine, a uh, uh, lot of other teams, Ukraine, Turkey, a lot of lot of these guys will punch over the weight. And when they are in 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 a situation like a round of 16 or somewhere, uh, they will look to go deep. Uh, that that's what I keep repeating. And there will be teams that uh, miss out. Say some some team like. Uh, uh, very solid team that we always expect to perform might not perform they get might get knocked out in the group stage so that should be ten that should be shocks that should be results that surprises and that means that will open up the match day three window and also the quarterfinals window uh, because if the teams can't seal one uh, seal the their spots in the knockouts uh, in one and two they look to play their strongest team in match day three and a lot of teams that play that have good fixtures in match day one, have good fixtures in match day three. So you can survive match day three if the bigger teams uh, struggle to qualify before the end of match day, uh, before the end of game day two. And if that's the case, you can save up the wild card, use it up before the quarterfinal starts. I think I'm going to be flexible, see how the first set of games play out, and then decide. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rob, anything else to add on this, or that's pretty much summed it up, isn't it? Yeah, I, uh, I think, yeah, we've. We've covered the like the pros and cons basically quite um, quite well. Uh, it's it is a short tournament. I like the idea of really attacking the group stage. Um, as you get into the later rounds as well, there will be less points on offer because games will get tighter. Um, yeah. So the idea of really attacking the group stage games where you have got more. Um, smaller teams less favored teams we'll say that less favored teams against more favored teams um it, it we just... can call scotland a small team though right we can call scotland small <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i just like that idea um like 
yeah, when we get into the quarterfinals, the semifinals, etc., you're like you're not going to be uh, jumping huge rank. Uh, you're not going to be having huge green arrows um, or huge red arrows, for that matter, in those in those rounds. You as you go further along the line, and those that play the UCL game um, will have will know this. It as the tournament progresses, it's a lot harder to move rank um considerably so it just makes sense to yeah get those chips out of the way in the groups get yourself a good uh ranking and then uh it's free takeaway for a year that's it <laughs> <laughs> um right let, uh, unless you live in india which in that case i don't think they're offering free takeaway for a year um for the for the winners i'll, 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 I'll take i'll take free takeaway uh <laughs> on yeah, their behalf. i think i'll take the place for you if i don't get on the minute yeah uh, right let's move on to our teams we'll quickly look at each of our teams and then um we'll start the q a so once we go through the third team we'll probably get you guys to start asking your questions um right who are we going with first rob uh let's go Surya. Yeah. Surya. Um talk us through your team, why you've kind of uh yeah, is that your team? Yeah, that's mine. Yeah. yeah. Um why you've kind of picked these players and what's your thoughts? Uh yeah, I think the forward three explains it itself. Uh those three are uh, three different uh match day captain options. I think uh just, sorry, uh, um Surya, just for the benefit of the podcast, do you want to just say who they are? Yeah, okay, fine, fine, yeah. Uh, so my forward lines is this Cristiano Ronaldo, Romano Lukaku, and Nexus Depay. Uh, so yeah, as I said, uh, these three are the talisman for these, these these teams and they should be doing the bulk of the scoring. So And they three are all standout captaincy option because uh, Ronaldo plays in the fifth day, uh, Lukaku in the third, Depay in the second. So they are all strong uh, captaincy choices as well. And uh, it, it's it's more like a template. Like if you see most of the draft, these three guys are that. But uh, I don't, I, I'm not really convinced myself to switch Ronaldo to someone like uh, uh, Lewandowski or even touch Lukaku. That's something uh, I feel it's a sacred. Uh, I'm not touching any, not doing anything with uh, Lukaku or that. And Depay, I think you can downgrade Depay to someone like Gilmas or uh, uh, Immobile. But then I think Depay is, is, is the crux of the Netherlands team. So, I think I'm not removing him as well. Uh, my midfield looks this. Christian Eriksen, Insigne and Berardi. Uh, I, I, these three are the starting ones. And uh, uh, the ones that are on the bench are uh, Carrasco and Marcus Lorente. So, Eriksen, has, Eriksen is again the one who's at the middle of the thing for uh, Denmark. He's in set pace. He, he loves to shoot and he's... Uh, uh, he's got a lot of goals outside the box, even as first days as well. So that's an extra point. Uh, so and he's a very good differential. He's still owned by five percent. Uh, so if you're not on Twitter but still watching the podcast, I think uh, that's something only the Twitter audience, uh, Twitter community agrees to. Uh, yeah, and I really want to attack the first day, and I really want to enjoy the first day playing this Euro fantasy because I'm or I'm cry a... if neither of them uh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've been used to that playing. I've been playing FPL for some time, so I've been used to that pain. So, uh, yeah, uh, the thing is, so uh, Insigne is someone I can't miss. Berardi is someone who's been in a solid form. 
So these two are there. Of course, it, it's subject to change closer to the deadline when we see the team uh, lineup. Maybe uh, Chiesa starts, Berardi goes out, something like something sort of that. Uh, uh, those changes uh, might happen. Uh, so that's that's there. And uh, Carrasco is again um, is very much key. As much Lukaku is key for. Uh, uh, Belgium, Carrasco still is, is very much keen, yeah, considering there is no Hazard and uh, De Bruyne. Uh, yeah, so again, uh, uh, yeah, as I said before, that Carrasco was uh, before uh, uh, Ferran Torres. I downgraded Ferran Torres to Carrasco uh, because of the, uh, the whole uh, COVID thing. This leaves me without no standout captaincy option match day four, EM day four, but I'm pretty okay with that particular fact because I still have four other great solid captaincy options in terms of uh, Ronaldo, Lukaku, Depay and one of uh, Insigne or Berardi. So that's with my midfield. And when it comes to my uh, defence, it is all 4.5 at the moment. Uh, it's completely all for uh, uh, Alioski is one. I think uh, even though there is no uh, clean sheet potential there, he's, he's, he's really attacking. He, he's a penalties as well. So that's one thing I, I have him as uh, as a sub. Uh, there is Dineo, there is Vindal, there is uh, Male, there is uh, uh, yeah, I don't know how to spell him. But oh, Victor uh, yeah, 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 the Austrian <laughs> centre-back. And uh, uh, yeah, I kind of fancy that game to be a 0-0 against uh, North Macedonia. So I have Alioski, uh, Batchman and uh, that to send back to. Uh, so these three, uh, it's a risky move because a lot of managers have been doubling up on uh, the Danish defense, but uh, I have gone and did the opposite. Uh, so let's see how that pans out. And uh, uh, the Finnish goalkeeper finishes it up for me, uh, four million. Uh, even if he doesn't keep the clean, even if he doesn't keep a clean sheet, uh, he's very good in terms of saves. He keeps making a lot of saves, and of course. Uh, Teams will exploit Finland. Teams will shoot a lot of shots, uh, take a lot of shots. And I think that screams save point. And if the, there's no clean sheet for the Austrian goalkeeper, Austrian goalkeeper, I think we can swap him out. Yeah, that's pretty much my strategy and my team. Yeah. Okay. Is uh, Rob, who's next? Is it Shrini's? Yep. Uh, Shrini, let's uh, talk through your team for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, the forward line is, uh, I have gone the same with Surya, picking uh, Ronaldo, Lukaku and uh, Depay. I don't, uh, I, I, I was thinking on uh, getting in Lewandowski, but I am covering uh, it with uh, Zelensky in the midfield. So, coming to midfield, uh, Zelensky uh, is, I think, is the uh, best differential pick in my team personally. And I think I am going to captain him for that match day and uh, take a gamble. Uh, if Lukaku uh, didn't perform uh, that good. I think I'm uh, captaining Zelensky as a differential so that I have uh, Ronaldo for the final game week in case it uh, backfires. So that's my current plan at the moment. Uh, Eriksen and Berardi uh, are the, uh, to say, the Twitter uh, Twitter favorite picks at the moment. And I'm going with uh, them as well. Berardi uh, is the uh, Italy attacker, only Italy attacker I have. And coming to the defense of my team, right now I have uh, Spinozola and Bonucci and double up. But uh, I'm, I'm, this, is, this is the initial draft choice. I, I, I think I'll likely move out uh, one of uh, Bonucci and Spinozola 
and uh, Taurus also I'm not sure I'm uh, I have to uh, wait and watch so I think there are there are pretty pretty much a uh, few differences I'm looking at like Ricardo Rodriguez and uh, doubling up on Denmark uh, defense so that's I'm still uh, open minded with it and I'm I'm right now on, uh, double up on Austrian defense in uh, in in the back with Hintergren and Alaba but uh that may even uh change to a double up of uh finland and double up of austria and uh taking a risk there because i'm uh, going with a template team in attack uh friendly so i think uh going double up with austria and double up with uh finland would be a good attacking move uh like uh, by transferring out bonoki for another uh, denmark defense and uh batsman is my uh keeper uh right now it's on a, like uh, a triple up at the moment on the austrian defense but uh that that's also <laughs> i'm still not it's subject to change because there are plenty of uh, good defenders at the moment so i'm looking at vidal as well vignal as well from netherlands against ukraine i think he'll get a clean sheet i think i may get him in for taurus or one of the uh one of the austrian uh, defenders so it's still uh, i'm still open and uh, so it completes my uh, subs okay uh rob who we got next it me or you it'll you. be we'll go with me you can go it's last yeah i would say we'll save the best to last but i'll just beat you again anyway <laughs> um so i at the moment uh yeah i've got uh lukaku and veghorst up front um as my two starting uh forwards um jakiri carrasco kimmich and insigne um in midfield um I mean, Lukaku, yeah, we've just heard all about, like, no need more to say. Veghorst um, is a little bit of a gamble at the moment, um, whether he starts. Um, if he starts, though, I think it's he's good. Um, and I've got, um, well, we'll come to my bench, and, um, yeah, there's plenty of options if he doesn't uh, return in uh, that opener against Ukraine. Um, yeah, the midfield, Shakiri, like I said earlier, um, all of um, the Swiss uh, pro- attacking play tends to come through him. Um, I fancy them to get at least one or two goals against Wales um, and really try and state their claim um, in Group A. Carrasco, as we said earlier, um, he's a great option with Hazard. Um, Hazard's lack of fitness. Um, I think, yeah, if... If you've got Carrasco now, I think I don't think he's like the sort of player we'll probably have by match day three or in the knockouts. I think by then Hazard will probably be starting um, unless Carrasco goes and um, really bangs in match day one. Um, Kimmich, it was more of a, I wasn't sure who to get, um, but I really do fancy uh, Germany to do something and... Um, he's been one of the standout performers um, from the German national side um, in the Bundesliga this season. Um, he's really taken um, himself another step. Um, he's not very attacking, um, but um, he isn't afraid to shoot when he picks up the ball from outside the box. He can um, score. He's very um, good creatively. Um, so he could be uh, that man that plays the ball into uh, the likes of uh, Muller, Nabry, um, or whoever is going to go and finish for them. I just, 
I, I feel that he's a bit of a differential, um, yeah, for for match day one, um, with people generally trying to avoid that fixture. I, I just think that, uh, yeah, they, the Germans might pull off a little bit of a, not a shock, but um, get a result there. Um, Insigne, I think, yeah, great value um, and my captain choice tomorrow. Um, and then defence, I've got Pau Torres, like I said, um, yeah, 4.5. I think even with the doubts over the Spain game, um, he's worth the money. Mila and Kajaya um, as my two Danish uh, defenders and Denaya uh, from Belgium uh, there as well. So, yeah, full of 4.5s. Um, and then Fredeki, um will be my starting keeper at four point, uh, at four million. But then on my bench, ready for later on in the game week, uh, Chesney, I I think Poland will keep a clean sheet in that game. I think um, if there's been a lot of talk whether it's um, him or Fabianski, or should I be, should that be Fabianski? No, we're going to stick with Chesney. Um, yeah, it should, um, yeah, there's a lot. Well, we've we've spoken quite a bit about yeah whether it would be those two. It looks like Chesney has got the nod, um, and I think that Poland it's a like at five million, and I I could triple up and go Schmeichel and triple up on Denmark defence, but I wasn't. I think that's putting a lot of eggs into that basket, um, so I decided against it. Um, but I've. I'm pretty confident that he'll be coming on for Hurideki and um, putting off a clean sheet for me. And then my Portuguese free, ready to come into action. Um, Cancelo, yeah, another great performance from him last night. Um, that was, he was originally, he was Guerrero this morning. Um, but yeah, I've, I've moved it to Cancelo, 5, 0.5 less. Um, the Mendes performance last night, uh, concerned me as a Guerrero owner so I, I just thought oh, I'll go safer and go Cancelo because um, I don't think Nelson Semedo is going to um, get a spot in the starting lineup. Um Bernardo Silva um, he's a lot more of a um, asset um, for the Portuguese side um, than he is for Man City um, mainly because he will be playing every game Um I think he's a lock in the team and in qualifying and in their recent games, um, he creates a lot of chances. Um, he's not afraid to shoot. Um, as a United fan, I've seen him numerous times bang from 25 yards against us. Um, so I'm quite happy with him. Um, I could have uh, downgraded if I wanted to, but uh, uh he was one of these players that if I wanted to go Veghorst to Depay, I'd probably downgrade uh, Bernardo, um, but I chose not to. Um, and then Ronaldo, uh, I think he could potentially um, put himself very close to that international record um, against Hungary. He's the standout. Um, he's my number one captain pick. Um, but like I said, yeah, we're having to wait until the last day of the match day to... Um, bring him on. Um, I'd like it if Lukaku bangs um, and then I don't have to worry and I can just enjoy watching 
um, my favourite Portuguese player. Or well, second favourite. Bruno's the favourite now. <laughs> right. Should we look at my team then? Um, so, my team, uh, up front, I've got uh, Lukaku, uh, Ronaldo, and currently Depay. Depay is a maybe. I'm not sure. Um, I'm thinking about a Kolasinic, Kolasinac from Austria. Um, in midfield, uh, the locked players are Insignia and Carrasco. Uh, those two I'm definitely going to have. And then I've got Baradi, Yaziki and Shakiri at the moment. Uh, again, I'm still undecided between between them. Um, I like Baradi, but obviously we've got the, uh, you know, the good opportunity to look at that Italian side. So um, I'm not sure about that at the moment. Um, Shakiri, I think, is a really good option around that 7 million price. Uh, and Yaziki, I think, is a better option than Alaba at 5.5. Although they are playing Turkey, but we, uh, sorry, although they are playing Italy and Italy's defence is good, I still think Turkey uh, can score against them. Um, and then uh, in defence, I've got the double Danish defence um, of Kier and Melier. Um, I've got um, Alioski for the penalties. And then I've also got um, Cancelo like you have. And at the moment, I've got Window there. Um, so that's kind of my thinking with regards to defence. And then in in goal, I've got um, Radecki and Backman. I think Backman is a really good option at 4.5. Um, and uh, then obviously we've got Radecki. And the other thing that I noticed from that they spoke about on Planet FPL was, uh, you know, having Radecki is good at four point uh, at four million. But if you're going to start, if you're going to let's say uh, you pick a player in goal that starts before him, and they get only two points, are you going to take out that player for Radecki when Finland are playing Denmark and then potentially get zero points? So what's the point of having Radecki in that side? You'd rather have Radecki playing first and picking a player that plays afterwards because then you've got better options. And I think that was a really good point. So that's why I've gone there. Right. That is it for the first match day, I believe, uh, well, the first stream. Is that right, uh, Rob? I know we're going to do a Q&A now, but um, for the benefit of the listeners and the podcast, we're going to end the stream there. Is there anything else that we want to add, Rob? Um, no. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been great to have uh, yeah, Surya and Srini on for all about FPL. Um, yeah, and the next uh, stream uh, is on Sunday evening, which is going to be uh, interesting because... Uh, England play Croatia at two o'clock in the afternoon that day and the streams at 10 o'clock in the evening. Um, hopefully we'd have sobered up by then. <laughs> hopefully. We'll Ho- hopefully. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh, are we there? Yeah. yeah <laughs> I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you to oh, talk. You're for me to talk. <laughs> oh, I see you're still talking. Um, right. So, um, Listen, guys, uh, we're going to stay on to do the Q&A if you're still OK to do that. I know it's like, what, 4.15 or something uh, a.m. Uh, over in India. Um, so if, if you can stay on, that'd be great. But if you can't, um, no problem. Thank you so much for um, joining us. It's been great having you on. Um, we both really uh, you know, appreciate it. And I'm sure the listeners do, too. Uh, did you enjoy it? Yeah, of course, it was quite extensive because uh, we both have done a lot of FPL podcasts, but uh, this is the first time we're doing something Euros. It's quite extensive. Uh, yeah, I, we, I love this personally. Yeah. 
Uh, I I got a bit sleepy in between because I had a long walk. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, but then, more or less, it was very fun. I, I think you guys are doing it for the very first time too, and uh, uh, yeah, it was a great learning experience for me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I I think we'll be back sometime soon. Too. Perfect. Um, right, Rob. When's our next recording? Is Saturday, right? 10 p.m. Sunday. And who? Sunday. And who do we have joining us? Um, on Sunday evening, we have got um, at Clean Sheet Wipeout and at FPL Drug from the Season Keepers podcast. Right. So for the benefit of you guys on listening to the podcast, uh, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Uh, please like, subscribe and retweet and all of that jazz. And we will see you on uh, Sunday. Take care. Bye bye. Cheers, guys. Thank you.